You're listening to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Hey everyone, welcome back to Fathoms and Enneagram podcast. I'm here with the boys. We just got done recording an episode with Nan Henson and my goodness, Ooh. grab your Kleenex, uh, <laughs> find a quiet place. You're going to be weeping. She just has this uncanny, she, she's a goddess of healing. I, I don't know. There's just something to her that she's able to reach in and just hug your heart, mm. even though we're we're only digitally connected. So I thoroughly enjoyed this, just wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom upon presence. So yeah, what did you all think? Oh, I totally agree. I, you know, I was a little concerned when we decided to do this episode with Nan, not because uh, Nan wouldn't be anything but fantastic, but what I was worried about for our listeners is that they wouldn't get to experience like Nan in her fullness as we mm. have, which is mm-hmm. sitting in her space in Atlanta and soaking up the wisdom from her in such a a beautiful, kind, caring and safe way. Yeah. Uh, And, and yet I think we got it (laughs) because she, she fully showed up and it was, it was incredible. Yeah. Creek, I think you said this in the episode, but she really just kind of made everybody feel at home, you know, Everybody kind of, and, and she does that. That's what she does at, at the, at, in her workshops. And it, mm-hmm. and it still came through, like you said, over, over this technology. And it, I don't know how she does it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just a, such a great sign of, this is the two's gifting, right? This is yeah. when someone mm-hmm. is able to take their patterns and use that muscle that they've created, their, that their ego has created, and then use it in a way that is present and aware and yes. conscious. I think it just speaks to what the Enneagram's capability is of of transforming and bringing us into that fuller sense of self. So without further ado, grab your Kleenex and enjoy this episode with Nan Hansen. We are so excited to be here with Nan Henson today. She is near and dear to all of our hearts and our teachers. She's she's the one that uh, she and Linda Roberts gave us our certification. And I guess we're considered certified professionals of sorts. I'm not sure what to call ourselves, <laughs> but we do know things about the Enneagram. That is, that is for sure. Um, so we are excited for uh, you to hear and experience the wonderful being that is Nan Henson. Nan, how are you? I'm well, thank you so much. I like that. I like that. The knower of things. Maybe that's what we should call. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Maybe that's what we should call our certification. Enneagram knowers of things. (laughs) You are now officially a knower. Uh, Yeah. Awesome. So Nan, COVID is still going on. So how are how are things down there? How are you how are you coping? How are you finding some sense of groundedness in your everyday life? Well, in what I do, it has caused a seismic shift for me. Um, mm. COVID came and pretty much shut down what I do mm. because meeting in groups of 30 or more or 30 or 20 to 30 people isn't what mm. we could do during COVID. Mm. Right. So um, it really did cause a shift, a turn, a pivot, a s- n- noticing how I could 
still do this work and yet be in the middle of a pandemic. But we're yeah. re- we're adjusting. We are yeah. doing it and we've kind of started back up. And I do hope you can return to uh, teaching in person again because uh, that I would say that the space that you hold there in Atlanta in person for your trainings and workshops is really sacred space. So I uh, hope yeah. you can get back to that soon. I do as well. I think there's no substitute for um, community, for being in person. Fortunately, Zoom offers a little bit of that, a taste of that. Nan, we'd love to just hear your own journey. How did you get into the Enneagram? Mm. Um, what is it? What does the Enneagram mean to you? And why did you choose to kind of make it your life work? Wow, such a big question. <laughs> just take a stab. Um, anyway, I'll, tr- I'll take a stab. <laughs> you know, in, on my website, I say it when under the About tab, I say it's a story about a girl who grew up, went to school, got married, raised a family, and then found herself. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much my journey. As long as I can remember, I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to have my own family. Um, Even what I studied in school was early education, all to support that desire, whether I was aware of it or not. So I did that. I met my husband. I married. I We raised three wonderful children, and I poured myself 100% into that role. Mm -hmm. And as children do, they decided to leave home. (laughs) And (laughs) imagine, imagine imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought, oh boy, empty nester. This is going to be fun. I'm going to love every minute of this. Hmm. But uh, what I realized is I didn't know who I was. If I couldn't introduce myself as Jill Robert Amanda's mom, I wasn't sure who I was. So I have a model of my family of seekers in my family, readers, studiers, and I've always kind of been of that vein as well. Um, and I have a small group of women, one of whom is a therapist, and she brought the Enneagram to us right at about that time. Think 20-something-year-old kids mm-hmm. making their own choices. <laughs> wow. Maybe not even what I taught them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah. It it rocked my world. And so she brought the Enneagram to us. I saw myself in ways that I never knew nor wanted to know, but um, realized it was such a more authentic, truthful way to live and a brought gifts so much more than what I was trying to make on my own. And so once I started to learn it, boy, I couldn't stop. I went ahead to the Risso Hudson certification training through the Enneagram Institute and became an Enneagram teacher, authorized teacher and workshop facilitator and joined a group in Atlanta with 30 therapists, Atlanta Center for Wellness, 
and began using the Enneagram in, boy, bigger dreams than I ever thought I could step into. How many, how many uh, people do you, do you know are like officially certified in the Institute? You know, there are a lot of people that are certified. Okay. There's, there's only about 50 that are authorized um, to teach the four authorized right. workshops right. in the world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you're one That's of 50. Man. Yeah. But like I said, there are a lot of people that are certified through yeah. that. Yeah. And so, what are those four classes? Um, the Wisdom of the Enneagram, which was developed after Don and Russ wrote their first, that their book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram. It's not the first one that Don wrote. And then the Relationships Workshop, the Journey of Growth Workshop, and the Three Instincts Workshop. How long did it take you to feel confident to, to step up there and, and uh, teach yesterday? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> confidence is not my superpower, but I believe in this work and I know I'm gifted enough to do it and trained well enough to do it. So every time I put my hand on my heart and I step into the work and believe that as you step into it, it unfolds before you. Oof. What's been the process of you? And I guess anyone who, who is listening that is sensing that need, they need to step into something bigger, that they need mm. to step into mm. something that is um, bigger than they imagine themselves to be. Yeah. How, how do you instruct people in that? How, do you, how did you find your way into that fuller version of yourself? Hmm, that's a really good question because it isn't linear. Um, mm. I think it's feeling um, a calling, a draw to share, and looking at what's in front of you and sharing that piece, stepping into what's in front of you, and then holding the space open for what comes next. And being willing to step into that as well. And I think we each deal with our stumbling blocks, our roadblocks as we go through that process. But I think it's a, a form of, I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to feel I can't do it. I'm not going to have the confidence hmm. and yet do it anyway. <laughs> I'm curious uh, you know, given your story of coming into a, a you know a second act, so to speak, yeah, and really, you know, stepping into this work as you describe it, and how you have grown into kind of your own self and your own being mm. as a dominant type two. I'm, I'm yes. curious if you'd be willing to talk about that a little bit because I'm struck by you know the fact that uh, maybe your dominant type was cranked up to, you know, 11, probably while you were raising a family and, and you know, you <laughs> kind of into your two-ness and then in many ways hit that reset button and are thriving now. So I'm just curious as to how that process has been for you and, and what you've learned. Yeah, that's so true because my two-ness was ramped up to an 11. And mm. again, I didn't have the Enneagram then. I didn't know it. I sure. was doing self-work, but not the Enneagram, when I learned more about myself, my journey is to 
stay within myself and not go towards other people to get what I need. Mm. But to, and so everything I needed to have the confidence to speak, I had to find right here at home. Mm. Um, I practiced a lot with, you know, I didn't do my certification program or my training, my, um, to, to try to be a teacher, to try to do that. That was not my reason. Mm. My reason for going on this quest was to find out more about myself and to really understand this incredible tool so that I could um, know more about how I block my own relationships in my family, in my work, and, you know, in whatever I'm doing, I'm the one that gets in the way. And to... Mm learn how to deal with that. And that's what builds the muscle doing my own work, I think has built the muscle to allow some, uh, standing on my own, some Mm. nurturing my own needs, my own confidence, Mm. some believing I have a space in this community. Mm. So it's a matter of doing my own work first. When Mm. you talk about staying within yourself and, mm-hmm. and meeting your own needs. I think for a lot of people, that's just kind of preposterous. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so for, for those out there, I'm myself included on some level, like what, what does that look like? How do you do that? Maybe even like, what is the somatic element to that? Mm. Yeah, that again is a big question because <laughs> these <laughs> these are issues of the heart. These mm. are, um, you know, about being really open, really abiding, really living in my heart versus the substitute for that, mm. which is trying, working to do it. So it's about living with an openness, with a, a compassion and empathy, recognizing that all of these qualities of the heart, uh, depth and meaning and um, willingness to be affected, value, generosity, all of those qualities are what living, what abiding in the heart produces. And so, um, if the more I can be present to that piece, the more I can be present to realize that that's already here. Hmm. That is the, the heart, the gift of the heart. When we're present, those things show up. But when I'm not present, what I try to do is protect myself or hmm. live in my emotions and and ride that train on whatever emotion is coming neediness n- narcissism uh hurt shame those are things that i i work from those are the things that i respond from instead of the openness and the true heart qualities so how do i access those heart qualities it, it's presence. <laughs> it is, you guys know this yeah, little, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> the answer to any Enneagram question is presence, <laughs> presence and awareness, 
recognizing when I step away from it and start efforting and doing that, that protection and that emotional reactivity and recognizing when I take a breath and become present in this moment right here, right now, those qualities are already here. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder, Nan, I wonder if we could just uh, pause for a second and go a little bit more into that idea of presence. And I do remember the many moments where someone would ask a question and it was like, <laughs> oh, we know the answer already. It's presence. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, especially, you know, with like <laughs> one of the classes that you teach, uh, the journey of, of growth, Yes, you know, and it's all about the quality of presence, right? Yes, it uh, is. Wherever you are in those nine uh, stages of, of, of awareness. I wonder if you could just speak to how you personally or how one might be able to cultivate their capacity for presence, their quality of presence, what that looks like. Mm, okay. First of all, it really is getting in touch with where you are in this moment. It's seeing the truth of where you actually are. Because unless you're aware of that, you don't even know you've left. You don't even know you're gone. So um, the, the thing that I come back to every single time is when I find myself getting on that managing role, that image management or that going out towards someone else as it too often does to give more and more and more. If I can just take a breath and I always say to feel my feet on the floor. Mm-hmm. That grounds me in a way that I haven't before. I also love essential oils for bringing me home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love to use vetiver, anything that reminds me of rooting, rootedness, groundedness, staying, staying mm-hmm. in my own self. So when I can take a breath, When I recognize that I'm getting ready to put on that smile and go towards you and ask you what you need and or give you what you need, what I think you need. If I can just take a breath, feel my feet on the floor, stay within myself, then something more uh, with a little bit more knowledge than my own heart comes online. Hmm. something that knows what to do in this particular situation, Hmm. a wisdom that comes in the moment. And that's always what I'm, I want to be able to access. Hmm. So the more I can practice presence, notice what presence is so I can know what it is that I've left and Hmm. come back to it. That builds the muscle for me. But what would you say to the people who say, well, I'm present. I'm always present. What do you mean? Like, how, how do you know? How can you help someone, like, really be convinced that, that, they're, that they use 10% of their cognitive activity, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what's so hard is because most of the time we're walking around not n- knowing what presence is. Mm-hmm. We don't even know what it is. Of course I'm present. You know, my body's right here. Where else would I be besides Mm -hmm. present? (laughs) But, uh, okay, so let me give you an an idea. Mm -hmm. Even if I say I'm going to meditate and be present, I'm going to get a little more present. 
So I, I sit myself in my place and I put my feet on the floor and my mind starts going, oh, I forgot to call my daughter. She mm. had a doctor's appointment. I better go check on that. Mm. Or I can't even stay with myself. My, my, I'm immediately going towards somebody else. I'm immediately leaving myself and going towards somebody else's needs. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh gosh, I, I promised that I was going to send that email, even when I'm trying to concentrate on myself. And so when I can notice that, that I've in my presence practice, in my meditation, when I see myself leaving, I come back to myself. I don't condemn myself. I come back, take a breath, and start again, even if I have to count my breaths, mm. want just to stay with myself. Mm. It's amazing how hard it is for a two to not relationally think. It seems like what you're describing is trying to minimize or if not eliminate distraction so that you can be your full self in the here and now. Is that what you're getting at? Not Exactly. Okay. <laughs> because we have to be able to do the same thing in the middle of distraction. You know, yeah, we talk yeah. about um, the Enneagram being the fourth way. It's doing our practice in the middle of life. What I do when I'm practicing is I'm building the muscle of coming back. I'm recognizing I'm becoming aware. Ooh, distraction. Using mm-hmm. that distraction to come back home. Yeah. So it's a, it's kind of a both and. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I think what I hear you saying is that the Enneagram really shows us our specific flavoring of the way that we lose presence. Absolutely. So, so you can name, so you can see when I've gone into this specific way of, of losing presence, oh, that's when I know I've lost presence and that's what right. triggers me to come back to presence. Right. So in, yeah. for instance, you're trying to meditate and you're just kind of, zoning out and just enjoying <laughs> the moment, you know, like, you're not really in it. Wait, me? <laughs> <laughs> Could that be you? <laughs> she, she knows us. Uh, this, this guest knows us more, far more than most of our other guests. <laughs> I that think that's all the time sure. we have for today. I think we're done. <laughs> I, I could go on, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Nan, I'm curious, would you would you be interested in, it doesn't have to be long at all, even just a brief take on like the specific way uh, each type looks in its losing presence. Is that something you'd be up for doing? Yeah, I can do that. So the eight and the eight in me steps away from presence by asserting. I'm trying to recreate that sense of aliveness and strength and meditating or being still and quiet might begin to feel like weakness to me. So I'm going to tell myself that I don't need that. You know, I don't want to do any of that nonsense that's going to make me feel weak. Or another thing I might try is to control the experience, maybe by listening to a guided meditation, but turning up the volume, trying to get all I can out of it trying to get it louder and louder just to try to find that platform of groundedness. And the harder I try, the more effort I put into it, then the farther I'm stepping away from presence. 
the nine, let's talk about what I was just talking about with mm-hmm. Seth, <laughs> just kind of zoning out. I'm, I might lose myself in the meditation just by by ruminating, by thinking of things that feel good, that mm-hmm. feel like presence, but mm-hmm. aren't exactly there. Sounds if about I'm right. a one, sound about right? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm a one, again, I'm going to want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. You know, I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I, let's see, this is centering prayer or this is meditation. I've got I can't stop right now. I've got two more minutes on the timer, you know, very much concerned about that. If I'm a two, the relational thinking is going to get in my way. I'm going to divert, lose myself into that. If I'm a three, I'm I'm going to make sure that I am doing it the best I can. I might even set a goal to be able to do it better than I did the last time. So the process becomes paramount. Oh, guilty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm a four, I'm going to want to make sure I'm feeling it, that I'm really feeling this presence. I want to know what it feels like. (laughs) So I'm. (laughs) Okay, five. Okay, five. I want to make sure I'm deep enough. I may not, oh, I don't feel it. I don't feel deep enough. And so I'm um, <laughs> letting that get in the way of really experiencing true presence. Mm-hmm. If I'm a five, I'm analyzing it. Or, uh, yeah, just trying to quantify it in some way. Mm. If I'm a six, it's working. It's not working. I'm, I'm, I'm second guessing. I'm believing it. I'm not believing it. You know, this, this is good. This is a bunch of crap, you know, both of that. Mm, Yeah. And I'm feeling that anxiety. And if I'm a seven, my knees are bouncing. I'm looking at my watch. I'm thinking, okay, I got to do this, but boy, I want to, I want to get on to the next thing. I want to move on to what's coming next. So good. And so I, again, I, this is what I hear is that this is sort of our main uh, habit of inattentiveness is, is our, can be our reminder to come back. Yes. We can use it to come back at any moment. And, And, you know, you can find your own flavor of that. You know, we mm -hmm. list red flag warning signs and we Mm -hmm. list for the wake up calls. Mm -hmm. But until you really find your particular flavor of it, Mm -hmm. it does. It's some flavor of that, but it may not be exactly that. Right. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. Thanks for doing that, Nan. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) And it is going back to what you were saying. Presence isn't necessarily the avoidance of what is happening, but the allowing and accepting of what is happening. That's completely true. And we we think that we have to be separate. We have to go to our place, our meditation place. That may be what helps us build our muscle and helps us mm. learn how to do it. But unless we can learn how to do it in the moment, I'm getting ready to stand up and talk in front of a big group. If I can't, bring a little bit of presence to my situation, boy, I'm lost. 
If I can't do it in the moment when I'm in knots, you know, when I'm my anxiety's running and my, you know, what good is it if it doesn't help us in the moment? (laughs) The analogy that comes to my mind where I I think, I mean, Abram, I guess you've experienced this too, but up here, up here in the far north, uh, (laughs) we have what's called snow. I don't know if you've experienced that before. We have some. (laughs) Okay. Um, <laughs> they get furries but, every so often. You're right, Drew. But, I think you ice. were there one time. That's I right. think you were there one time. <laughs> I was there. And the Atlanta Center for Wellness was like a snow globe. It was kind of Yes. Cool. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. I thought I remembered that. That's amazing. Uh, but the analogy that comes to my mind is, especially when it's really, really coming down hard, the roads are all white, like you have white out conditions. And on some level, the only way I know how to stay on the road is I've been on that road so many times. I know where the turns are. Yeah. I know like this tree, it starts curving this direction. So it, it's, it's a level of practice to the point where it's just like, I, I know what this is supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. I know where this is supposed to go. I know how to return to that place of presence, return to that place where things are, are okay. Even though a bunch of stuff is happening around me. Right. Um, and I wouldn't know how to do that on a on a strange road necessarily. Yeah, um, you've driven that road the, so many times. Yeah, that exactly. you know it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, there also seems to be an important element of authenticity to this. You know, returning to presence that you mm-hmm. um, are uh, showing up as a, a a fuller and more authentic version. You know, of your of yourself as opposed to these kind of autopilot and default settings that maybe we get stuck in, you know, sometimes what we call the, you know, the trance or the fix of our type, yeah. which I'll just say can be, not not only is it challenging to do, not only is it challenging to, well, kind of allow to happen, maybe that would be a better way to say it, um, but it it also can be scary. And, you know, it it can be unnerving. Uh, And I'm wondering if, if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. And you're speaking, boy, you're speaking the two language because Mm -hmm. as long as I'm putting on the image and maybe the three and four language as well, (laughs) as long as I'm um, able to portray what I want you to see, that's not necessarily authentic. It's only when I'm willing to be present with what I am that I can show you the real authentic yeah, uh, and that I have access to the real authenticity. Um, because, you know, as long as I'm running the show, running this sham or, or showing you this image. And again, this is not conscious. This is my default. I'm doing this, mm. but until I can bring awareness to the fact that I'm not showing up fully as myself, mm then I'm not sure I know uh, how can I come back to myself if I don't know I've even left. Or I'll put it in three language since you invoked it, because I think it's, <laughs> it's important. Um, yes. I think given our kind of chameleon or shape-shifting qualities, there's there's a real fear for threes and perhaps some other numbers as well that that there isn't an authentic version, <laughs> you know, that... Uh, we're not sure if it exists because we are so used mm. to adapting and image crafting and those sorts of things that that can be terrifying to a three. Oh, 
Drew, you are so right. It, it truly can. And it's what allows us to continue being asleep. Yeah. It's what that feels safer yeah. right. to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it isn't. No. That's the thing. It isn't. <laughs> it's keeping us stuck yeah. in our smaller life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that imagery too. Smaller mm-hmm. life. I, yeah, mm-hmm. that rings true. So in your in your work with uh, Enneagram Atlanta, I always forget. Is it Enneagram Atlanta or Georgia or both? It's both, right? <laughs> it's both. It is. Yeah. It's both. No, Enneagram Atlanta is okay. how I started. That's okay. my um, business that I do the workshops through, the individual workshops through. And my mm-hmm. daughter, Jillian, is a, a part of that as well. And then we have Enneagram Georgia, which is what Linda Roberts mm. and I and Jillian is also part of that as well. We're looking forward to having Linda on here eventually oh, too. Oh, so awesome! Yes, great. So I know you do some some personal coaching, and I've I've experienced mm-hmm. that on some level. And I mean, you've you've worked with Kevin Smith yeah. before, who's been on here. Yeah. And I know my experience, and he's shared his experience with me of your ability to just reach in and. Mm heal the heart in a mm-hmm. way that doesn't feel accusatory it doesn't feel um pushy it's it's just it's just there it feels warm mm. um we'll start we'll start big picture and then i have a few more specific questions along okay. those lines but you're obviously very connected <laughs> to the heart center and yeah. why why is it so important to why is the heart so important to the body like, why, why do we need to heal it and, and listen to it and feel it? Yeah. Um, well, we all know the importance of our head. I mean, we always think, a lot of us think that's all we are. But unless we're, Russ Hudson likes to say, you don't want to walk around being a third of a person. <laughs> and so what we're really looking for is when, when I'm connected to all three centers, my head, my heart, and my body, and when I'm connected to that, then there's a greater wisdom that comes, a greater knowing. It's the knowing of the present moment. Presence informs us rather than my ideas or my emotions. So for me, when I can be connected to my true heart, that is not separate from my mind or my body. It is working as a third, but when I am connected to that piece, then the moment, what's happening in that moment, I'm able to listen. And it's like, all of a sudden, something new comes in that I recognize, or it's uh, um, that I can see a way through that Nothing in my books or in my study or in my planning or has come up. Mm. It's like it's new because it's fresh. It's what is needed in the moment. Mm. And learning to trust what comes up in the moment is the work. It sounds like you're talking about something alive. Yes, it is. It is. And it's a great, you know, when we're doing exercises and when we're doing stuff, we say, okay, all those answers that you've already come up with, 
Mm-hmm. You know, those canned answers, those mm-hmm. opinions, those mm-hmm. uh, ideas that you already have, let that go. Mm-hmm. Trust, be yeah. courageous, trust that what needs to come up will come up. And that is oh, heart yeah. issues. Yeah. That is so hard, personally. <laughs> So hard. Oh, well, I I can't I can't even tell you how many of our podcast episodes that I come into with all the planning possible I can do, and then I'm like, well, most of that didn't work, but thankfully I was somewhat <laughs> present to just be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know what, um, Seth, I get that because I have to tell you, I I do this every single time with every client, every workshop, whatever mm. it is, I prepare. Mm-hmm. And I, I work and I study and then I have to let it go. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the letting it go and trusting that whatever it is that I need in the moment will be there when I need it. Mm-hmm. That's good. And that is listening. That mm-hmm. is listening. That's allowing, you know, otherwise it's all about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of what the person who I'm sharing with is telling me. That's yeah, good. That is good. And it is so hard. I, I remember, Nan, uh, one exercise that you and Linda had us do, I think more than once, uh, <laughs> that w- was the repeating questions exercise. Oof. Oh, more than once. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A few times at least. Um, <laughs> now, keep in mind, this is b- before, you know, Corona tide. And yes. <laughs> where you would ha- have a partner and sit nearly knee to knee. Yes. And you you would take turns repeating a question over and over again. And uh, what I found was uh, it was a really profound way to access the heart because yes, very quickly over, you, you get rid of all the answers to, to the same question that are in your head mm-hmm. more quickly than you feel comfortable with. <laughs> and then you really have to dig deeper <laughs> into the heart uh, to find out maybe what's going on beneath the surface. It's so hard, but um, that, I, that I remember that from the, our time together as being something that was really helpful to me. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, that's the exact example because you begin to trust the more yeah. exercises you do like that, you can trust something mm-hmm. will come up. <laughs> I'm not going to be yeah. sitting here without anything. You know, so if I give it time, if I give it space, something will come up. Yeah, we right. as twos, I feel like I have to fill every space. You know, mm-hmm. it's in, that it's my job to keep people going and feeling good and feeling connected. And so when I'm in that mode, that work mode, effort mode, I am not. It's all about me, yeah. and that's not relation. That's not what the true heart quality is because the heart quality is about relatedness Hmm. rather than relationship. Hmm. If I'm always concerned of relationship, then it matters. Are we okay? How are you doing? Hmm. Am I doing? Relatedness is recognizing what's already there. Hmm. Well, it's not what we think of as heart qualities. Yeah, what we think heart qualities are, are that showing love, that, you know, that gooey, emotional, it's like when I'm hurt, I'm sobbing. I'm, and that might be part of it, true, but it seems like I'm carried away by the emotion. 
instead of what's underneath the emotion and sitting with that. It's like the emotion is somehow covering up what the real grief is. Right. Hmm. I just got my money's <laughs> worth. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this is again where when I do this, this is this is also all three heart centers and all of us. I mean, this this is how all of us have issues with our heart. Mm-hmm. It's not just the two, threes, and fours. It's just that we're specialists mm-hmm. at um, <laughs> leaving it and <laughs> and <laughs> providing a substitute right. for mm-hmm. it, <laughs> for the real thing. Yeah. Uh, but we all experience this. And, you know, how do I support this? How how do you support somebody that is in this? I'm sorry, I don't mean to be No, that's a great question. Questions. I'd, love, I'd love for you to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This has just popped up in my head. Yeah. But, you know, for a two who really cares so much about um, this connectedness and this relating and, and relationship, the person that I'm with could really support and appreciate me, my independent self, hmm. um, not necessarily getting seduced <laughs> by hmm. my help or, you know, the the way I'm making you feel so connected. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and if, if I'm a, a, a three, you can help me by um, helping me to pay attention to the relationship. Mm-hmm. To actually um, let the feeling drop a little bit not just take my first answer for everything, but actually ask me when I'm accessing those feelings about it. Hmm. And, and also ask me what's true for me. What's really true for me, appreciating me for what I, and again, we all know this, but for, for who I am, not just what I do and helping me remember that. Yeah. And, and if I'm a four, it's really helped me see what is good and positive right now in this moment. And without uh, dishonoring my feelings and my idealism, we're not trying to tramp on that, but just alongside that, help me see what's positive right now in this situation. I <laughs> uh, am every time. <laughs> Every time I talk to you, Nan, it's just like I don't. I'm blindsided by wisdom Aww. and love. I'm just. Mm. I don't. Not that I don't think you're smart and wise, but I'm just like just going along. Like yes, yes. Whoa, that <laughs> that was big. I was not expecting mm. that. Um, just so thank you so much for for doing your work, for being being the person that you are, and I know. Every time I leave talking with you, I I, um, I feel grounded. Oh, Your presence thank you. grounds me. Um, well, you guys make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Well, uh, so I think we're nearing our the end of our time together. Uh, Nan, this has been so beautiful. Um, we're so, so grateful for your presence and just your time with us mm-hmm. together. Um, could you tell our listeners where they could find you and also just a little bit about uh, your certification program, the Enneagram Applications? Yes, would love to do that. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, you can find me at EnneagramAtlanta.com which is um, where I do my workshops and my coaching through that, my individual work. Um, Linda Roberts and I are Enneagram Georgia. And at EnneagramGeorgia.com, we have a certification program that we are so proud of and um, really excited to offer because what we realized was for people that have done inner work that are already on the path, already um, kind of at the what comes next stage, there was a need for a course or a program that could give you the confidence, the foundation, Mm. and the credibility to feel like you know what you're talking about, <laughs> to feel like you could use the Enneagram in your life, in your work. Mm. And so we call it Enneagram Applications. And when you go through that program, uh-huh. you are an Enneagram Applications professional and can be assured that you have everything you need. You have a firm, a full foundation mm. to continue your work in the world. Yeah, I have people message me message me uh, often about where to yes. learn more, and I mm-hmm. primarily say, you know, uh, I know right where you should go. Yeah, I think you guys have sent us some people, and we are really appreciative. Of <laughs> we that. love yeah. to send you people. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, and we For just sure. love that. We actually have our next class is going to be starting in January, oh, and good. it will be another virtual. Uh, we've had to even move our certification class online, so. We're going to do it in January virtually. Yeah. So anyone listening, go head on over there and sign up. I, it is it is so worth your time, energy, money, all the things. Uh, go for it. Yeah. Um, it's it's at that perfect kind of intersection of uh, the highest quality and the best value. So yeah. it is. Mm. There there are any <laughs> programs out there Agreed. that are just ridiculously expensive. Yep. This is not one of those. Yep. So right. <laughs> highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to make it accessible. Awesome. Uh, well, Nan, I'm not sure there's a much more fitting closing to this whole session. Would you be willing to lead us through a meditation to close us out? I would. I would welcome that. Thank you. The way I always like to start is to just find your space wherever you are and just put your feet on the floor. Move your toes and your shoes or feel the earth beneath your feet, realizing that we are still connected to the ground beneath us. Take a breath in and a breath out. Following our breath as it brings life-giving goodness to every part of our body. 
We bring our attention to our feet. Feel our seat in the chair. Notice if your back is supported or if you're supporting it on your own. Bring your attention to your shoulders and notice if they're up around your ears or if you can drop them just a little more as you breathe into that space. Notice your jaw, your forehead. And once again, bring your attention to your breath. Noticing the sensations of the body. What part of my body is speaking? What do I feel? And as I'm more grounded and present in my body, then I bring my attention to my heart space. Recognizing that the more present in my body I am, I can move my shoulders back and actually open my heart space a little more. And as I open that heart space, I feel the connections. I know that connectedness is already there. There's openness. There's love. And my body and my heart, having those online, can take another breath, bring my attention to my headspace. Maybe there's a little more spaciousness a little more room. Maybe I'm not like a pretzel wrapped around my thoughts, but I can see my thoughts and let them go, come back to my breath. Maybe there's room for something new to drop in. So as I take a couple more breaths with a grounded body and an open heart and a spacious, quiet, still mind can come back to this moment. Thank you. Welcome back to the Pardon the Indian Podcast. My name is Habib. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> That's probably racially insensitive.